this series of Kingdom Talks, we've asked the question, who has the right to rule our life? We've talked about the condition of our heart toward God and His kingdom. We've looked seriously at our ambassadorship as kingdom citizens. And now in today's episode, we're going to be looking at the question about our impact. And kingdom citizens have a responsibility to maximize our impact for the King and His kingdom. So today, I hope you hear from the Lord. I hope you become even more established in the faith so you can live out your full potential as a kingdom citizen. Let's go. Welcome to the Kingdom Citizen Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Phillips. I have loved being in this series on Kingdom Talks. It's given me the chance to speak to you about some things that are near and dear to my heart. And I want you just to take a minute to think about the progression. If you're just getting in on this first episode, go back to the full series and and take a look and let the Lord speak to you through that because the progression has been this. Let the Lord Jesus be the ruler of your life. Consider the condition of your heart and get to a place of good soil. Understand your ambassadorship. And with those three prerequisites in place, we get to the issue of a kingdom citizen's responsibility toward maximizing our impact. You know, I don't think a lot of us in the kingdom consider our responsibility to maximize our lives, our citizenship and ambassadorship to the fullest with the time we have, with the ability we have, the resources we have, and the opportunities that have been placed before us in this season of our life. Man, I want to elevate that conversation today. I don't want to just say it's an opportunity. I want to focus on the kingdom citizen responsibility for you and I, every one of us, to truly maximize the impact of our lives in association with the king and his kingdom. To maximize. I think a lot of us, we don't consider maximizing our impact because we're just trying to keep it between the white and the yellow lines. We're just so focused trying to keep our life out of the ditch We can't even think about arrival, let alone impact along the journey. But listen, that is the kingdom. The kingdom has never been just focused on trying to keep it out of the ditch, right? Just just that arrival would be the end result. Man, the kingdom has always been a forward, rapid, advancing movement. And for us who are citizens of it and ambassadors of it, we are to be part of that forward, rapid, advancing movement That is the kingdom of God. So let's elevate that conversation today. Let's start looking at the fact that Jesus is the ruler of our life. Man, my heart is good soil, and I'm perpetually being cultivated and pruned and weeded and rocks ridden so that my heart can be that good soil. Listen, I am understanding and keeping my eyes fixed on the fact that I am to see Christ and myself, not in a worldly way, but in a biblical way, that I am a kingdom citizen ambassador. So what's it look like to maximize that opportunity and that experience? You know, I went on a journey a few years ago as I was living out my kingdom citizenship and ambassadorship where we were looking at all that God was doing in our life and we're saying, okay, we don't want to just try to, try to, to keep this thing together. We don't want to just maintain the status quo. Lord, what would be the challenge in us that would drive us with the organization I work with 
to move us beyond the status quo to really maximize the impact with the resources and opportunities set before us. And after a lot of prayer and reading and investigation and strategizing, we landed on a kind of way to describe it as the 10X vision. That 10X vision was to take all that God had done in our organization in the, its first 12 years and seek to 10X that within a five-year period. So that we would go 10X in all of our core metrics in the next preceding five years leading up to our 17th birthday. And guys, we are two and a half years in it. It is challenging us on every front. We have a whole team committed to it. Great buy-in from our church partners, our donors, our staff around the world, and our board of directors. And we have put our face to the wind. And when we finally committed to do this, one of our board members, this is what he said. He goes, you know, man, we're healthy now. We don't know if we'll always be healthy. We are strong now. Don't know if we'll always have that strength. We have resources now. Don't know if we'll always have these resources and we have a team that's committed to pursuing it, we don't know how long we'll have that kind of team. So we should make hay while the sun is shining and apply ourselves and maximize our impact. Man, that was one of the best board meetings I've ever been in. And with that sentiment, we put our face to the wind on the 10X vision. And I'm happy to report to you now, we're two and a half years in on the five-year plan, and we are starting to see God bring it about. But you know, for all of us, who have accepted that ambassadorship, whose hearts are good soil, who understand Jesus is the King and the Lord of our life. He has the right to rule and we've submitted our life under that. Man, life is so much more than trying to keep it out of the ditch. So much more than just, whoo, we made it in by the skin of our teeth. His kingdom agenda is that you would live life and life abundantly and see your impact upon this world for his kingdom truly maximized. And guys, I'll say it like this. It's not only an opportunity. It's not only just a pursuit or an adventure that a few of us find. It's a responsibility for every kingdom citizen. My life maximized for his glory. So when we look at this and say, well, KP, where does Jesus teach on this? And how can we be instructed from him in elevating our thinking and understanding about our life's impact being lived out to the full? Like we say in every podcast, to live out your full potential as that kingdom citizen. And KP, maybe you're saying, KP, where do you find the responsibility for all of us in that. Here's where we find it. In Matthew chapter 25, Jesus was teaching about the kingdom. His disciples had asked, when will your kingdom come to fulfillment and what will it be like? And Jesus started teaching and sharing many analogies. And when he comes to chapter 25, verse 14, Jesus shifts gears with his disciples and turns to a parable that we call the parable of the talents. And in this, I think you're going to see that we find the responsibility for each and every one of us to maximize our impact for the king and his kingdom with the resources, ability, and time that we have to apply ourselves to it. Let me share with you a little bit of that story and kind of set you up for some principles along the way that as a kingdom citizen, 
your life can be maximized and impact. And here's the story, the parable that Jesus began to tell to his disciples to drive that point home, our lives maximized for his glory, to bring about his kingdom. And when Jesus kind of pivoted a little bit, he began to tell the story. And he said, there was a wealthy manager, landowner. He was about to go on a long journey. As he prepared for this, he called three of his trusted servants. And he called them and he invested a certain amount of money into each one according to their ability. That's key. You're going to want to remember that. According to their ability. To one, he gave five talents worth of investment. To the other, he gave two talents. And to the final servant, he gave one. Remember, each according to their ability. The owner, he left and went on his journey. And immediately, the servant who had received the five talents, he went and took that money and he put it to work in the fields. Servant with the two. He took what had been invested in him and immediately he went and invested it into the fields. But the third servant, he took the one talent that had been invested in him and instead of going and putting it to work in the field, he said to himself, I know my master. He's a hard, unjust, unfair man. He reaps where he does not sow. And I'm afraid of what would happen to me if I were to lose this money. So instead of investing it in the fields, he takes that one talent he had received and he goes and he takes it and he puts it into a hole in the ground. Well, after a long time, the master finally returned. And when he returned, he called those servants to himself. And at first he called the servant who received the five talents. The servant came and stood before him. And he said, tell me, what have you done with what I have invested in you? Servant stood before his master. He said, sir, you invested in me five talents. Here is the five that you gave me, and I have produced five more. And the master said, well done, my good and faithful servant, to whom much is given, much is required. Now, give this man his due reward. He calls the second servant in, the one who had received the two. He said, what have you done with what I've invested in you? Second servant, proud, said, sir, here's the two you originally gave, and I've produced two more. And again, he said, well done, my good and faithful servant. You will be given much responsibility. Calls the third servant, the one who had received the one talent. He said, what have you done with what I've invested in you? And the servant said, my Lord, I know you are a hard man. You reap where you do not sow. And I, I was afraid what would happen to me if I lost your money. So I took your investment and I put it in a hole in the ground. And now here today, what you have given me, I have to give back to you. The master looked at this servant and said, you wicked, unfaithful servant. You say I'm a hard man? You say I don't reap where I sow? 
Well, at least you could have taken my money and put it on deposit at the bank where I could get my interest. He said, take that one talent from that man. Give it to the one with 10. And now take this one and cast him out where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And this concludes our story that Jesus told of the parable of the talent. So here's the question we have to ask. Why in the world did he tell this story? I mean, for us in a modern day, it seems harsh. It seems strict. And there's a lot in there we don't understand. But here's what I want you to get today. In God's kingdom, he gives us a responsibility to maximize our impact. Listen, kingdom citizens, you have to come to a place where your walk with Jesus is more than just trying to keep it out of the ditch, more than just trying to keep from sinning, more than just trying to hold it all together. Man, it's time to realize I was saved for a purpose. I was redeemed for a reason. There is a role for me to play in advancing his kingdom, and there is nothing small or insignificant it doesn't always have to be big and grand, but obedience is called for and a responsibility that my life is maximized for his glory. And what I love about Jesus' teaching is he added in that parable a very freeing, small phrase when he said, he gave to each one according to their ability. You know, the comparison game kills Comparing uh, my life to someone else's, comparing my ministry to someone else's, uh, looking at, you know, how I'm raising my family, how they're raising their family, uh, you know, what kind of ministry I'm into, what kind of ministry they're in, where we're doing it, how we're doing. Comparison game kills. But what if we had a new perspective on maximizing our impact? That I didn't put myself up against someone else, but I compared myself to making my impact according to my ability. And Jesus gives to each one an investment of gifts, talents, opportunity to our ability, to what we can be trusted with, to the opportunities set before us, to the limitations we might bring to the table. But in God's economy and in his greater understanding, he says, hey, I'm going to make an investment in you. And I expect maximum returns. But I'm going to give it to you according to your ability. Man, I hope that frees you today. I hope it's like, okay, the comparison game I can get out of. I'm no longer comparing myself to anyone or anything else. But standing before Jesus with full confidence, he has chosen me. He is investing in me. He believes in me. And he wants to use my life to impact his kingdom in the greatest way possible according to his talents given, his, his investment in me and my abilities. Man, that frees me up. It, it gives me just a great peace to put my toe on the line and pursue kingdom advancement. But it also sends a, a pulse of responsibility echoing through my life. I can't lay back. I can't rest on my laurels. I can't slide back into the status quo or allow any form of comparison. Well, at least I'm doing better than them. No. It's just the peace and confidence of no comparison game 
and a responsibility that keeps me leaning in while he is still investing and believing in me, each according to their ability. Man, I hope that gives you some peace and joy today. I hope it sets a fire under you to say, you know what? I have talent. The Lord has invested spiritual gifts and blessing in my life. He's created opportunity. He's put me at a certain place and a certain time in history. Listen, he desires for me to make a big impact for him and his kingdom and let my life be maximized for his glory and is expecting me to apply myself to it before he returns. You know, in the story we looked at, the master did return. And he called those servants back. And when he called them back, each stood before their master. And they were asked a great question. What have you done with what I have given you? Now, I want you to consider that question right now. What are you doing with what he has given you? You know, when we look at the story I see some great principles that come out. I see a self-motivation that comes from the first two servants. It says that they immediately went and took what they had received and put it to work in the fields. Man, there is a self-motivation that we see in that story that was driving these faithful servants. When I was young in the ministry, probably 18, 19 years old, my grandfather, who had been a pastor for 30 years. He and I were driving down the road and um, he kind of looked over at me. You know, we didn't know it, but he would, was to die within that year. We didn't get much time together after that. And we're driving down the road together, running some errands, doing some chores. And he kind of looked over at me with like, felt like a prophetic word. He looked over at me and I didn't know where it was coming from. And he said, Kevin, he said, no one's going to ever tell you when to get up and when to go to sleep. No one's ever going to tell you when to come to work, when to not come to work. He said, you're going to find yourself in a position in life where you can be as lazy as you want to be. But with the type of ministry God's going to give you in order to stay faithful in it, you're going to have to find a motivation that comes up from the inside of you. There will be no external factors driving it. You're going to have to find it from the inside. He said, son, the ministry is a great place for lazy people to hide out. Find that motivation from the inside and keep pressing in. I was 19 years old. had no idea what he was talking about. He turned, he looked down the highway and kept driving. I don't know. <laughs> it's been 30-something years I don't know if when I get to heaven and have a conversation with my grandfather, if he'll be like, ah, son, I never remembered saying that. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what he'll say. If he's like, oh yeah, I don't know what he was thinking on it. But when he said those words to me as a 19-year-old new minister, it hit my heart. It sank deep in. It anchored to my ministerial soul. And his words have echoed in my ears for 30 years. And that's what I see in these first two servants. A motivation they found from the inside that was driving them. Listen, that's what it's going to take for your life to be maximized for his glory. Listen, most of the people around you are going to say, settle for the status quo. 
You're keeping it out of the ditch. You're keeping it between the white and the yellow lines. Just arriving on time and intact is good enough and better than most. Listen, that's not what we're going for. The status quo is our enemy when we seek to maximize our life for his glory. We got to find a self-motivation. So I want you to look deep within right now. What is driving you when you think about your life being maximized for his glory? What are the stumbling blocks that are getting in your way to this? But what are the stepping stones that are propping you up to see your life truly maximized for his glory? Not only do we see a self-motivation there, I see something that I've been holding on to as a life verse. You see, for those first two servants, they understood that to whom much has been given, much is required. Listen, to not live in the status quo as a kingdom citizen. To get ourselves in that narrow space of maximizing our impact for the glory of God. That realization, that Jesus principle to whom much is given, much is required, must be a driving factor of your life. Listen, I don't know you. I don't know everybody who's watching this or will be watching in the future, but I do know this. If you're watching this, you have been given much. And you have been given it according to his divine plan and according to your abilities. And it comes with expectations. There is an expectation for your life to be maximized for his glory. And to whom much is given, much is required. That first servant, he got it. Man, he went and put it to work in the fields with a motivation that rose up from the inside, with an understanding he had been given much and much is required of him. He went and put it to work in the field. The second servant did the same. They were rewarded with the phrase, well done, my good and faithful servant. Their reward was greater responsibility in the kingdom. Before the third servant, no internal driving motivation, just fear, excuses, status quo living. No understanding of the responsibility that he had received much and in the same way much was required of him. The words shared with him were not well done, good and faithful, but a saddened, disgusted rebuke and referred to as wicked and lazy. So let me ask you a question. You'll never stand before me, but we will stand before King Jesus. He has invested in you and I according to our ability. What do you want to hear? Well done, my good and faithful servants. You found that motivation from the inside. You understood you had been given much and much was required of you and you acted in faith. There is a faith factor in servants one and two that is not found in servant three. 
They acted in faith. Servant three, he acted in fear. His fear led him to putting judgment on his master, to misunderstanding the role and responsibilities placed upon him, and slipping into laziness and a status quo life that caused him to take what he had been given and place it in a hole in the ground. For us to see our life maximized for his glory, it's going to take that act of faith. Overcoming fears. Making no excuses. I will act in faith. Faith that how God has provided for me, he will use that to bring him glory. Faith that in the ability that's been granted to me, it is fit to bring him glory. Faith that the responsibility given to me, I have been equipped to rise to the occasion. Faith that he will provide opportunity and see me through. Faith that when I stand before my master, he will receive me well. And I'll hear those words, well done, good and faithful servant. So let me ask you a few questions. The whole point of today's message is to elevate the conversation. To rise to the occasion as a kingdom citizen, to let our lives live at maximum impact for his glory and to advance his kingdom. For each and every one of us, this is going to look a little bit different, but it's all going to be pointed toward the same place. Listen, what ability has he given you? What investment is he making in you? What opportunities is he setting before you? What self-motivation is needed to get out of fear, to get off the couch, to get out of doubt, to get out of sin, to get out of the ditch, get on the highway, kick it in gear, and get going? What faith is needed? And do you understand? In Christ, you have been given so much. Man, enjoy that. Bask in it, live in it, embrace it, experience it all. But know it comes with great responsibility. Because to whom much has been given, much is required of you. The way I see it is this. You and I have a choice. We can take what we have received and go immediately put it to work in the field. See how God will maximize our impact for his glory. Or we can take it and put it in a hole in the ground. Listen, there's only one place that is worthy of what God has invested in you. And that is to go and put it to work in the fields with the self-motivation rising up, with an understanding of our responsibility and putting faith in action. Go and be obedient. Let your life be maximized for his glory. 
And as a good and faithful servant, live out your full potential as a kingdom citizen. Hope you've enjoyed this series on Kingdom Talks. I hope today's episode has inspired you to not live a life seeking to just keep it out of the ditch. We have elevated the conversation now with that internal motivation, with that understanding of our responsibility and knowing that it is faith in action is what is needed. Go and be in it and not of it.